share a few things with you, and I want to reflect back on something. It's a special day for the Harrison family, but I want to talk to you just for a minute. On Sunday, January the 23rd, 2011, Brother Fred Harrison preached a message at Pine Hill Baptist Church. And he went and used the 23rd Psalm because it was a favorite passage of him, but also a favorite passage of Miss Jerry. And he used that passage of scripture that God had directed him to preach on that day in 2011. And he described this passage of scripture as a, a journey that sheep were going to take with their shepherd. And I was given, a, Miss Jerry actually gave me sometime back an outline that Brother Fred had used, something that he would give out to people because it was so special in his heart. It meant a lot to him, and he would pass his outline out. Well, she gave it to me, and I've been saving it. And I looked at it, and I, I studied over it. And last Sunday, I said, Miss Jerry, what's your favorite verse of passage scripture? What do you think she told me? Psalm 23, and it was no better day to preach it than today. But I did get a chance to look at Brother Fred's outline. And as Brother Fred worked through this passage of Scripture, verse by verse, he expanded on how the shepherd took excellent care of his sheep, how he walked through the process with them, how he took them through a journey from start to finish, and how the shepherd provided exactly what the sheep needed to be healthy, strong, and satisfied. This journey revealed how no matter what situation the sheep might face, the shepherd was always there to provide protection for them. He was always there to provide guidance for them. He was always there to provide safety. Brother Fred concluded his message by emphasizing three important words that stood out in this passage of Scripture. I want to share those words with you before we actually dive into the Scripture. The words were guide, provide, and abide. Three things that are important, three things that God does for us, three things that Jesus does for us through the power of the Holy Spirit. First, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd, and he guides his sheep to green pasture. He guides them wherever they need to go. He never leads them astray, but he takes them exactly where they need to go, provide. The chief shepherd provides nutrition for his sheep, which is each of us. We are the sheep. We're God's children. He provides nutrition for each of us. And then abide. Here's something that's so important. He will be with us always. David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's in the song we just sang. David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. God's going to be with us always. Amen. He abides with us and we need to abide in him. The chief shepherd will abide with us for all of eternity. This morning, I would like for us to open up God's word together to Psalm 23 and look at the first six verses, which are our Psalm 23, and take yet another journey through this passage and see how the chief shepherd meets the needs of his sheep. We will see how David describes how the Lord met each one of his needs. Now, you think about it. We all have needs. We all have desires and we all have wants. But there's certain things that we need. And God provides what we need. Many times he gives us what we want, but he always provides for our needs. And David's going to speak. Y'all are getting wet on the front row over here. 
David is specific about his needs. And, and I want you to think about it as we work through this passage together and we look at David's needs and what God had done to met those needs, how he meets our needs exactly the same way. If you are able, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word this morning? Psalm 23, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Pray with me, please. Father God, I ask that you bless the reading of your word. God, I ask that you cleanse me of every sin, cleanse me of every impurity. Father, I ask that you hide your servant behind the cross and allow me to deliver your message to your people. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Two weeks ago, in the evening service, we opened up the Word and we looked at what the Bible talks about, the identity of Jesus Christ. We discussed several characteristics about the identity of Christ, about who He was, who He is, what He is, and what He does for us. Every single word in the Bible points to the love that Christ has for His people. And we're going to move a little bit further and continue to look at identity. Throughout Scripture, we read where Jesus is identified as a shepherd. Just one of the many characteristics that He displayed while He was here on this earth. There are three familiar psalms that present Jesus Christ as a shepherd. They're all back to back. If you look at them in Psalm, Psalm 22 pictures Christ as the, the good shepherd dying for his sheep. Psalm 23 talks about Jesus Christ being the great shepherd caring for his sheep. And Psalm 24 talks about the picture, picture of Jesus Christ being the chief shepherd coming back for his sheep. Amen. All these are what it looks like and look in the Word and to see how Jesus Christ is pictured as a shepherd. In other words, in the past, Christ died for each of us. He died for all people. In the present, He lives for us. He, he, we abide in Him and He walks with us every step of the way. And in the future, He's going to come again and get us. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come and get you to myself. I'm going to receive the church to myself. He's coming back one day. Let me tell you something. We don't know if it's today, tomorrow, or next year, or a thousand years from, from today. But one thing is for sure. He's coming back. Amen? That's what the promises in the Word says, what God's Word says. Last Sunday, we discussed the identity of the church. We looked at some important things about identity and what identity stands for, and what the church should be doing and how we should be acting, the things that we should be doing and how we should know God's Word and identify the church in different ways. When we look at it, when we see the Word, God talks about Christians. He talks about the church, and He identifies us in different ways. Scripture makes reference to God's people being identified as sheep, and more times than not, identified as lost sheep. 
wandering around, needing guidance. That's what it looks at in history. The occupation of the shepherd was an important role. Even though it was low on the, the structure of the society, even though it was one of the hardest jobs to do, even though it's, it was one that was given to people at the bottom of the of the socio-economic chain, but yet it was one of the most important roles in history because it represented protection. It represented security. It provided guidance and strength. It also showed leadership. Not just anybody could be a shepherd. It had to be something that was built inside of them. If you know anything about sheep, it's just the opposite of what a shepherd's are. If you know anything about sheep, sheep are prone to wonder. Do any of y'all have sheep? Anybody raise no sheep herders in here? Nobody raising sheep. Me either. I've never known. Anyhow, I read about sheep, okay? Sheep are kind of stubborn. Y'all know that? That's not donkeys that we're talking about, is it? Sheep can just, they they need to be led. You can't drive a sheep. They won't go where you want them to go. They're, They're difficult. They make difficult choices. They have a hard time making the right choices. Does that sound like anybody you know? have a hard time making the right choice, got to make all the wrong choices before they even get to the right choice. They have a difficult time making the right choices. Now let's look a little bit further. To, the, to a shepherd, a person had to have experienced shepherd invest into their life. You couldn't just be born a shepherd. You could, you, could, you could be born into a family that had shepherds, but someone had to teach you how to be a shepherd. It seems like that's what we talked about before. There had to be a, a teacher involved in something. Somebody had to show you the ropes. They had to teach you what you're supposed to do, show you how to guide the sheep, how to go get the sheep, how to care for the sheep, where to lead the sheep because they're going to follow you. There's a teacher involved. Look at here. Someone had to invest time in someone else to teach them what to do. Man, let me tell you something. Have I been preaching to you about investing in the lives of other people? Yes or no? We need to be investing. This, that's, what, that's how we move forward. That's what we need to be doing. Someone had to invest time in the lives of someone to teach them how to be a shepherd. In John 10, 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He's referred to himself as the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's how much he loves us. That's how much God loves us. That's how much Jesus loves us. He loves us so much. He said, I'm the good shepherd, but the good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. He will defend his sheep right up until the end. He lays down his life for the sheep. Psalm 23 is without question one of the most referenced passages of Scripture in the Bible next to John 3.16. Man, we look at this passage a lot of times. This passage is used a lot of times at funerals. And because it, it has a lot to do with, with lifting people up, people who are dealing with struggle, people who are dealing with depression, it's used in hospitals, it's used in prison cells. But let me tell you something, it's not just for the depressed because this passage of Scripture is full of hope. Amen? It tells us what Jesus is going to do all the days of my life, not just when I'm sick, not just when I'm depressed, not just at the cemetery. It says that that he's going to show us what he's going to do all the days of our life. It provides hope. Psalm 23 is written by David because David was a shepherd earlier in his life. But when this psalm is written, this psalm is written by David later in his life. He's no longer a shepherd, but yet he knows exactly what the shepherd does. He knows exactly how the shepherd has to work. He knows what the sheep are supposed to do, and he knows how they react. And he's writing this and talking about sheep and shepherds with the perspective of the sheep. 
because he's now one of the sheep. He's been a shepherd and he's led sheep, but now he is sheep himself because God is now his shepherd and that's what he's talking about. When we examine this passage of scripture, we see that it's the testimony of all of God's children. Man, this is our own testimony. We are pictured throughout Scripture as sheep under the care of the shepherd. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. But the Bible refers to Jesus not just as the good shepherd, but as the great shepherd. He's supremely above every other thing. He's the one who cares for his sheep and he equips his sheep for ministry. He doesn't want us to sit idle. He wants us to get out and move, to to share the gospel, to tell people about Jesus. He's the one who equips us to be on mission with God. God's mission is to what? Make disciples of how many nations? All nations. That's what he says. He's going to be there with us. He's the one who equips us to do that. He's the one who shows us how we are to love our neighbors. He's the one who shows us how to love God and love our neighbors. And if you don't love your neighbor, you can't love God. Amen? We got to be loving them all. We got to love everyone that's God's creation. There's no better master teacher, mentor, leader, or friend than Jesus Christ. If you need a friend, he is the one you need. Let me tell you something. We can have friends because we all say we need someone we can talk to. We need someone we can confide in. We need someone we can share things with. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is that one. Amen. If you want to confide in someone, confide in Jesus Christ. He's traveled the path ahead of you. He's walked the walk. He's taken care of every single issue that you've dealt with. He he understands every single thing about it. And he said, I have overcome the world. That's what he said. And you think about how hard life is. You think about your difficulty. You think about your struggle. You think about what you're dealing with. And you think about, well, Jesus has already dealt with it. He's already taken care of it, and he's already overcome it, and he's got a path for you. As followers of Christ, we are his sheep, and as we follow him, this is what Christ does for us. He ministers to us. He comforts us. He gives us strength that we need. He gives us the comfort we need, and he teaches us, and he guides us, and he invests each and every day in our lives. Isn't that some good news? Man, that's some good news. Jesus said the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Our shepherd laid down his life for us. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. But you know what's more important than the fact that he laid down his life for us? is the fact that he what? He rose again on the third day. That is just as important, if not more, that he arose and he lives for us. Psalm 23, David begins this phrase. These are every single verse in this scripture. There's only six verses. But David is really putting out some stuff. These are some important things for you to remember. David comes in here and he says this phrase. He says, I shall not want. Let me tell you something. That's the theme to Psalm 23. I shall not want. Because God is providing every single thing that I need. I have no wants. Even though there are certain things that I I might desire, I have no wants. This is the theme. I shall not want for rest when I'm tired and when I'm weary. When I'm slapped wore out, God provides the rest that I need. He gives me the strength that I need. He gives me water when I'm thirsty, and that water is living water. He provides the nutrition that I need. He leads me in the path that I need to go on. He protects me when I'm in trouble. He gives me provisions when I'm lost and a home to go to when I'm at the end of my day. And he gives me somebody to talk to. He gives me somebody that, that listens to me, not that other people don't listen to me. But God has a, has a way of listening and talking to us and sharing with us. Amen? Man, it's, it's, when you dive into his word, 
When you get into the Word of God and you start praying and you start studying the Word and God starts talking back to you and sharing things with you and the Holy Spirit's just using those, those efforts to make you grow closer to Him. That is an, an overwhelming thing. This psalm does not have a message for those who are, who are just grieving. It's a song that provides hope for all of us. Psalm 23 focuses on what Jesus does for us all the days of our life, not just at the end of our life. When people of all ages will quote this, but let me tell you something. This passive scripture, not just for young Christians, it's for mature Christians. Mature Christians who have, have battled already, those that have been laboring for many, many years, those who are at fault battles, who have carried heavy burdens. Let's look at a, a few examples in the Bible. When you look back at all those who have worked and served as, as shepherds, Abel was the first martyr, and he was a shepherd. When you look back, all the patriots in Israel were all shepherds. Moses spent 40 years in the desert taking care of sheep. He was a shepherd, but became a, a very prominent figure in the history of the Bible. David was the greatest king of Israel had ever known. He served his father as a shepherd. And let me tell you something. Jesus Christ, the Messiah himself, was a shepherd. And he's still our shepherd. He is the great shepherd. The image of God as Israel's shepherd begins in Genesis and continues throughout the scripture. We see it all the way through the Bible. If you know anything about sheep, you know that they're defenseless animals. They're prone to, to injury. They're prone to getting hurt. They're prone to getting lost. They need constant care. When you think about it, we need constant care. Man, this world has fallen apart. You know what they say about it? It's going somewhere in a handbasket. Amen? Ease up. I was just kidding. And I didn't say anything bad. But let me tell you, look around. Man, take a look at around. Look at the news. Y'all like to watch the news? Huh? It's a struggle, isn't it? They're prone to get lost. You can't drive sheep like you do cattle. They have to be led. David had to deal with some difficult situations during his long walk with the Lord. David didn't make all the right choices all the time. Even though David was, had the heart of God and, and, and God loved him and took care of him, but he didn't forget all the different things that he had done in his life. He didn't forget how God had walked with him every step of the way. It was important to him to reflect on and to remember that and remember what it was like. David was familiar with tending sheep, so he related that to the way God was taking care of him the same way. He related well to, to the analogy of taking care of sheep. He understood what it meant to be a sheep. He understood what it meant to be dependent on the shepherd for for every single thing that you needed. He understood what the shepherd's responsibility was. He knew firsthand what it was like to shepherd and protect sheep. So he described his relationship with God in the same terms that he understood. Y'all getting any of this? What David had been to his sheep, God was to him. And that's the thing is the way he had treated his sheep, the way he had taken care of his sheep, God had done the exact same thing for him. Even though that he wandered, even though that he strayed a little bit, God still pulled him back in. God reached out and grabbed him and pulled him back in. Notice that the Lord uh, wasn't just a generic shepherd to David. This is where the scripture talks about it. He wasn't just a shepherd of many shepherds. He's very specific. When David says, the Lord is whose shepherd? He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's not, he didn't say the Lord is our shepherd. He said the Lord is my shepherd. And as a result of this relationship, David said, I have what I need. The Lord provides every single thing I need. The Lord Jesus Christ is all that I need. Amen. 
We don't need anything else. When you have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have all that you will ever need because God has covered David's needs. He had taken care of all of his needs. David recognized he didn't need anything. He lacked nothing. I want to, I want to, we're going to finish up, but I want to point out some specific needs. There's five different things. When you look in this passage of Scripture, there's five different needs that God met in David's life. Let's look at this and look at this together. Just as the beginning, God met David's spiritual needs, and that's what we need to make sure that we're meeting as well. Jesus, just as the shepherd gives rest to the sheep in green pastures and refreshes them beside the still water, God had done the exact same thing for David. He had met his spiritual needs. He had met him. He had led him where he needed to go. He provided the nutrition that he needed. You know as well as I know that there's struggles in this world. And let me tell you something. When you deal with a lot of struggle, when you deal with a lot of pressure, the world can leave you exhausted. Amen? You can be flat worn out because of the struggles and the things that you have to deal with. Some of the things that we have to deal with just to simply wear us out and exhausting just to turn on the news. Man, you look at the news and it talks about that. Tragedies, turmoil, the world is going crazy for some reason. There's war all over. There's struggle all over. It's constant throughout the world, and it seems like we're never going to get ahead. We're never going to catch a break because it's just time one thing finishes, something else picks up where that one left off. God provides us refreshment and restoration to that. He renews our strength and he renews our life and he provides peace that surpasses all understanding. And God will provide for us and meet our spiritual needs. Number two, God met David's directional needs. God provided David with guidance when he needed it. When David was going the wrong direction, God straightened him out. God provided the guidance that he needed and the direction that he needed. God will do the same thing for each of us. He provided Jesus Christ, which is the light of the world, and he did that to provide guidance for us because we live in a dark, sin-filled world. But he gave us Jesus Christ to illuminate our path. He says, he leads me along the path of righteousness. That's a, a lighted path. It's not a dark path. The path of righteousness to God is illuminated by the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. Now look at this. Sheep are prone to wander and get lost. They need guidance. Let me show you this. How many of y'all have GPS in your car? None of y'all? How many of y'all have a cell phone that has GPS on it? Y'all don't do that either. I got a GPS, all right, on my, it's, it's in my, on my car. If you deviate from the best route to reach your destination, the G, GPS is going to do what? going to redirect you. It's Friday night, we're riding in the car, Tyler's driving. Y'all can imagine what that was like. We're going to try to find the football stadium. I keyed in it. It said, turn left. I said, I said, we're not turning left. I know, I've been here for 20 years, I've been coming up here. I know the best way to get here. Go to the next road. The GPS says, uh, we're going to have to recalculate. Let me tell you one more thing. Me and Myron, Winford, and Terry went to visit Miss Sadie Butler from here to get to her house. I put it in the GPS to get to her house. Myron says, I ain't never went anywhere down here that I had to use the GPS. <laughs> I said, I want to find the shortest route. He said, I go all over this place. <laughs> Thank you, Myron. 
David, God met David's emotional needs. Regardless of the, the danger surrounding him, sheep can follow their shepherd without fear. No matter what's going on around the sheep, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's taking place, no matter how many stressors or pressing in on you, sheep can always count on the shepherd. Man, it doesn't matter how much turmoil is in this country or other countries, what's going on around the world, how much death is taking place, how much tragedy is taking place. God is still in control, and he still sits on the throne. The shepherd's rod provides comfort for the sheep. The rod has to use to fight off wild animals. Now, you know that the rod is straight, it's long, and it has a crook on the end of it. That crook has a, a purpose as well, but the rod is what the shepherd used to fight off animals, lions and tigers and bears. He fights off everything. The staff has a crook at the end of it, and it was used to guide sheep. It was used to reach out and catch the sheep and pull them back where they need to be when they were too close to the edge of the cliff or when they were in danger. It was used to, to pull them back. It would take some out of those valleys. You can have comfort knowing that the great shepherd has power in one hand and a comfort and mercy in the other hand. He loves us strongly, but he loves us mercifully as well. It's the same symbol. God met David's physical needs, and this is something that's important. Man, when we talk about being on mission for God, we talk about meeting physical needs and then meeting spiritual needs because people have both. And many times you've got to meet physical needs before you can meet spiritual needs, but God met both. He met David's spiritual needs needs, but then he also met his physical needs. David's enemies were always near. They're always trying to kill him. They were always trying to get rid of him, but God fed him when he was hungry. He anointed his head with oil when he was struggling and when he needed healing. Like David, we must recognize that we have one source that fulfills all our needs, and that source is the one true God. He's the one that provides everything we need. There are many resources and many channels that God uses to provide and care for our physical well-being. But do we have only one shepherd, one true shepherd who loves us unconditionally, and he provides for all of our sheep. And God's love will never run out. Amen? His unconditional love is overwhelming. It's overpowerful for many times, but it is endless. It'll never run out. God met David's eternal needs. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy. When we look at this, when you think back, shepherds had sheep dogs. And those dogs were to help keep the sheep in line, to help guide the sheep, to help corral the sheep, to help protect the sheep, but also to, to, to do the same thing, to help the shepherd. I mean, you look at the great shepherd in this passage, it looks like he's got two things that he uses just as well. Goodness and mercy. These are things that he uses to, to pull us back in. The intent is to drive us back into fellowship with him, just like the shepherd brings the sheep back into the flock and fellowship with each other. God does the same thing to bring us back into fellowship with him. I want to encourage you this morning to lean on the great shepherd of the sheep, who is Jesus Christ. If you're struggling or if you're not struggling, let me tell you something. There's hope in this passage of Scripture, but I want you to lean on Jesus Christ as your shepherd because he loves you. He laid down his life for you. He provided the sacrifice for us so that we would have a relationship with him and we'd have a relationship with God the Father. I mean, God loves us so much. Let me tell you, there's no way to measure the amount of love that God has for his people. Man, because you know, understand what he does. He leads us like sheep. He is our shepherd, but yet he sent Jesus Christ to pay a sin debt that we couldn't pay. No other way we were going to have salvation with, with the Father other than Christ providing that debt. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. 
Man, the difference between perishing and living is faith in Jesus Christ. Placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ is what's the difference between those two things. Man is a sinner, and we needed a Savior. There's no way we could get around it. Ephesians 2.8 says, We were saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Man, there's no way around it. We're born with sinful nature. Sin uh, creates a separation between us and God, and we can't get to God, and he can't get to us. And the only way to solve that problem was to provide a sacrifice that was perfect, and Jesus Christ provided that sacrifice. Romans 10.13 says this, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's one of the best passive scripture in the Bible. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter anything about your past because we live in the present. It says here, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you call on the name of Jesus Christ, you make him the Lord of your life, he will save you. He'll, he'll provide eternal destination for you in heaven. Friends, I've got to tell you, when our time on this earth is over, we're going to spend eternity in one of two places. And eternity is too long to be wrong. And I tell you that every week because it's such a passion for me. We're either going to spend eternity separated from God or we're going to spend eternity in fellowship with God. And eternity is too long to be wrong. Maybe this evening you would like to make sure, maybe this morning you'd like to make sure, know without a shadow of doubt that you will spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. Romans 10.9 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's very simple. Jesus said that. If Romans says that, but Jesus made it clear. If you believe in him, if you invite him into your heart, if you make a change, which is called repentance, and turn from your ways, that he is just and he'll come in and he'll be the Lord of your life. In a moment, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. Let me just encourage you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, let me invite you to, to come to know him today. I'll be down front. If you want to know more about this Jesus, I'd love to share more with you about him. Our deacons will be down here. If you want to come to the altar, if you have something you want to lay at the foot of the cross, if you want to put it on the altar, you certainly can come on down. The altar is always open for you. I would be glad to pray with you. Our deacons would love to pray with you. Whatever the decision is, this is, this is your time. When we do the, the, the invitation period, it's not just to, so that we can sing one more song and then and close it down. This is to give you a chance to fellowship with the, the, the Father, the creator of the universe, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what anybody else is feeling, thinking, or, or looking like. This is between you and the Father. It's a vertical relationship that you just need to lay it with him and let him hear it and talk to him and then lay it at the foot of the cross. Whatever the need, whatever the, the situation is, whatever you want to discuss or talk about, I'll be down front for you this, this morning. Father God, I just thank you for who you are. God, thanking you for your word, thanking you for the promises in your word. God, just thanking you for the hope that we find in your word. And God, that the fact that you are the great shepherd and the chief shepherd. And God, that you lead us, you guide us, and God, you protect us, you care for us. And God, there's nothing better than being a child of yours and being part of the flock and being part of the sheep. And God, I just thank you for loving us. Thank you for the love that you show us. And God, I just pray if there's one person in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you as personal Lord and Savior, God, I just pray that they would come to know you this day. God, because there's nothing greater and nothing better than being in fellowship with you. Father, for others in our congregation, whatever the needs are, just I ask the Holy Spirit would just overpower this building. And God, that we would feel your presence like never before. God, I just pray and I ask you bless in our time of invitation. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.